0: All right. It is the first Sunday of the month, and uh, on these Sundays, we also like to kind of do a little bit of, um, you know, house business. So we let you know if you're visiting, uh, there are connection cards at the offering boxes, offering envelopes if you choose to do uh, your offering through the envelopes. We also have bulletins printed each week now and encourage you to um, take time to read the bulletin and kind of get caught up and stay up to date on the giving and all the opportunities to serve around here. Uh, speaking of, we have a wonderful opportunity. It is November, it is Thanksgiving, and we have an opportunity to minister in the community. So Aubrey, come on up and share with us how we can bless the community.
1: Okay. Good morning, family. How are you? Um, you may have noticed in the bulletin, um, there is an opportunity to serve this month um, in our local community. Uh, help of Ohi has been putting boxes together and delivering them um, every Thanksgiving to community members who just need a little extra assistance, um, who want to have a nice Thanksgiving meal with their families. So um, if you would like to participate, we have a team that's already gathering the food. Um, the youth group is going to help in putting the food together to deliver and we're looking for anyone who wants to make deliveries of the bags or boxes to the families. It's going to be Saturday, November 20th that we're going to make those deliveries. So I believe we're going to pick them up here at the church and then spread out and take them to the different homes of people in our community, which is really a blessing to be able to serve um, right here in Ohio. So if you have the heart and are able um, please sign up. You can do so by contacting Mark Bodycombe at his email. It's on the bulletin um, and on the slide. It looks like. <laughs> um, and I think that is it. Did I miss nope, okay. <laughs> <All> <laughs> Thank right. you.
0: And this is Travis. Yeah. yeah. Travis is one of the uh, youth. We stand over here, camera. And uh, Travis is one of our youth leaders, and he has some announcements about youth ministry.
2: Yeah. So last Friday we gathered uh, for a whole evening, and we all played video games and basketball and had a, a great time. It was kind of longer than usual, and um, just had a good time. And we watched, sing, and I'm not gonna lie. Friday at work, I was like have to go to youth group and watch a movie about animals singing, and I don't know if I'm really ready for that, but I think about five minutes into it, I was singing along with all of them, and uh, we're going to go see the second one whenever it comes out, so. (laughs) But it was a great time, and uh, everybody had a lot of fun, and also on the 24th, there will be no youth group, so. (laughs) <laughs> That's a
0: good great. Job. Thank you. All right. Yes. Travis and Emily are doing a great job with the youth and Eileen and the team. Uh, Wednesday night, um, really wonderful youth ministry happening here. It's just a blessing to see um, kids in the Ohio Valley coming out and being ministered to. So I encourage you to pray for the youth ministry as well. Uh, lots is happening uh, in a very good way. Okay. A uh, couple other things. Uh, You know that uh, we have a wonderful nursery and Kingdom Kids ministry. Uh, There's always a need, and, you know, this is one of those times where we just like to keep it out in front of you. Uh, If you really would like to participate in ministering and making disciples in the nursery and Kingdom Kids, uh, the commitment really uh, is only once a month. Uh, We try to rotate uh, volunteers in and out, uh, but we really, it's a continuous need, and, you know, you can go to any church, really, probably in the country, and they could always use another a nursery or Kingdom Kids volunteers. So uh, talk to Tyler or Kim if uh, you're even just interested, just to find out more about that. And then also just want to let you know, uh, I did hear, uh, is this is correct? The, the donuts returned. Right. Yes. Yes. So, so I mentioned that I mentioned that, I think a week or two ago, and some because we've had such a wave of, of new people come in the summer, which is very awesome. People are like, "What are donuts and cheese?" Right. I don't, everyone cheered when he said donuts and cheese. Well, before the pandemic, uh, the, this is the commons uh, over here. Uh, you know, our tradition, really, eleven years has been donuts, and then recently, in the last few years, cheese, very good cheese, was added to the mix. And, uh, you know, with the pandemic and everything, we had to kind of call a halt to that. But uh, the donuts are back. I believe they're going to be outside, uh, done in a very safe and healthy way. And uh, we're still waiting on the cheese and exploring options for that. So um, (laughs) if you're wondering, some people have wondered about the commons, and this is where everyone used to go, and we would would fellowship in here and out in the patio. Uh, Actually, one of the things that we discovered through the pandemic is setting up the fellowship area outside, uh, has worked wonderfully. Um, sometimes when we were in here with the commons, it just got really loud. You couldn't even hear anybody because it was just so, was so much talking going on. Uh, but the commons is now reopened for this. If, if uh, you need prayer or you want to chat in a quiet environment, maybe some counseling or something like that, the commons is, is available for you to, to use. It's quiet in there generally. Um, but you can use it for prayer, counseling, or just quieter conversations if you'd like. Um, so the commons is reopened again, but for a different reason. Last week, we uh, looked at Philippians, and we wrapped up chapter one, and we focused on uh, the Apostle Paul really speaking to the believers in Philippi and saying, "Hey, I want you to be united right and and I want you to be united in purpose right and and that purpose we focused on last Sunday was what we call the Great Commission, and you know many of you are enthused about where we 're heading into the new year, and so are we, you know, we just want to really say, yes, we want to be about making disciples. And I thought about that, right? We're going to be united in purpose, the what, what are we about, the Great Commission, uh, but also I think we need to really be focused on the why and unified in why we're doing this. And And it may seem kind of maybe almost obvious or very simplistic, but but there's a, there's a, a challenge that I believe the Lord wants to present to us as the church to really be focused on on not just what we're supposed to be doing, but why, and unified around that. And so we're going to focus, we're going to read Matthew 28, 16 to 20, which is the Great Commission, but we're actually going to focus on what Jesus says immediately before he announces the Great Commission. So Matthew 28, 16 says this. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. A very familiar passage, oftentimes you'll hear and may have heard several uh, sermons in your lifetime about the Great Commission. Uh, But I don't know how many of us have actually focused on Jesus' words in verse 18, where it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he he goes into the Great Commission. All authority, and I thought of that word authority, authority, right, And, and and it made me think of, of, of you know, in years past, I've shared with you when I was in youth ministry, we took some kids whitewater rafting. And uh, I'm to hand me that. I, I, I Keep this in my office kind of reminds me of of that trip. And if you've ever been whitewater rafting, you know that that there's several people. And, and I was there with uh, some other students. I think there was four of us and then the guide in our raft. And, you know, you get there, you... Uh, Divide up in the teams, and then they put you into the into the river. This was the Kern River. And they put you in where it's, where it's smooth and nice, and you get in. And the guide gives you commands, right? He'll say forward paddle, backward paddle, right paddle, left paddle, right? Then one thing at, at times he said, he would say, if I say dig, if I say dig, you paddle with all your heart. And, and I thought of that because, you know, he's our guide, but really to successfully navigate the portion of the Kern River that we were going to do with not just our boats, but all the other boats with the teens. Uh, You know, the guy was really our authority. He was our authority in that boat, in that raft. And the one thing that I had to do and that we had to do collectively to successfully complete the mission was to do and submit to his authority. That, right, And in that context, because we were nervous and, and he had been on the river several times, there was a high degree of confidence and we were looking forward to it. So we just will, will, willingly said, okay, okay. And, you know, we would come up to those different level class rapids. I think the biggest was class three or class four. And, and on the big, on the big uh, rapids, what would happen is, you know, it's very calm. If you've been whitewater rafting, it's calm. And then suddenly in the distance, you hear something right? And so we would pull up to the big the big rapids and we would go right before you we went in, we would pull off to the side and the guide would say, okay, here's the plan. We're going to go here and you're going to hit that rock and we're going to spin this way. We're going to go off that bank. We're going to shoot down that, right? And we're like, okay. And then we back up a little bit and then we start going towards it. And And the only thing we had to do, the only thing I had to do, and I was like the front Right, you know, the person has to lean way out, right? And because I had such confidence in, in our guide, all I wanted to do was just listen to him. And if you've ever been on a rapid, when you when you hit a rapid, it gets very noisy, right? And a lot's happening. So we hit these rapids, and all he's like, forward paddle, forward, right paddle, right paddle, back paddle, and, and then like for like a minute or two, you are completely, completely, it's, it's loud, and there's a lot of movement, but the only thing you're focused on in his, is his voice and doing exactly what he says, right? And suddenly, boom, 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 and it calms down, and the first thing you do is you go, is everybody here, right? Because there were times where we we went down one, and I remember we went down one, and it was a little bump at the bottom, and we were all there except one student. And, you know, I'm the youth leader, and I'm like, where is she? right and, and it, it, you know it's calmer right? and we're like and you're looking around and suddenly right next to the boat she she pops up, right because she had come up and kept hitting the bottom of the raft you know and yeah great trip right <laughs> right and so you know my point is is in that moment uh, where where we're trying to navigate this and you're having a good time with it you have to have complete trust and even submission to the authority Figure in the book. You just—it's—it's it's an authority issue, really, right? And—and I thought of that because in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, it says that Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me." That word, authority, is the power to rule. The power of him whose will and commands must be submitted to by others. It's the right to act. It's the right and the might. Okay, you have the right to act, you have the power to act, okay? It also means sovereignty, sovereignty, absolute control of everything. So so Jesus says all authority has been given to him. All authority, this issue of authority. Now, I don't, I don't know your experiences in your life, but we're going to explore that this morning because I believe that God wants to speak to us as a church moving forward that as we pursue the Great Commission, if anyone were to say to you, why are you guys doing that? By the end of the sermon, you'll be able to answer that. And in something in your life, when you choose uh, to make uh, a decision based on the word of God, that someone say, why are you doing that? You'll be able to answer that today. And for some of you here or maybe online, maybe some of the struggles you've been having in your spiritual walk, maybe you hit a plateau, maybe you feel like, you're just not growing spiritually anymore. Maybe it has to do with an authority issue in one or more areas of your life. Maybe in some areas of your life, Jesus is Lord, and in maybe others of your life, you've kind of been struggling a bit because it's not that you don't understand what the Bible says. It's more of an an authority issue. It's more of an authority issue. Okay, John MacArthur says this, When we say Jesus had authority, we mean not just that he had power, but that he had privilege. God had given him the privilege of acting in his behalf in this world with no regard for the authorities of men. And so he had both dunamis, which means power, and excusia, that's authority. He had the power and he had the privilege. So again, we often, I think, skip over this verse. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me and then he says go therefore and make disciples right so fundamentally the why it's a command it's a command and and that's again in in church i think a lot of us unfortunately you know, there's, there's scriptures we really like and we think are really easy to follow. And then there's ones that maybe zing us. And sometimes we turn commands into suggestions, right? This is the great commission, not the great suggestion. Think about that. He says, all authority has been given to me, right? He's the ultimate authority. He has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Now go and make disciples. It's a command. It's not a suggestion, and I think a lot of us, again, in our spiritual walk, maybe we're challenged to continue to grow and mature because we've turned commands, biblical commands, into suggestions, into, well, if, if you feel like it, if it's comfortable, if this, if you know, if this fits your circumstances and, and, and we rationalize, we justify, we excuse disobedience, not obeying biblical commands, because we're struggling with authority. We're struggling with authority. And this morning, I want to focus on that, but, but I just want to kind of survey, give you a survey of, of kind of biblical verses, biblical, biblical support for Jesus' authority, right? Uh, in Matthew one twenty three, you know that he's authoritative because he's God, Right. These are just going to. The verses will just come up. The references. I'm just going to kind of do a survey. Right. In Matthew 123, talking about the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus has authority because he's God. John 1:1. 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus has authority because he's deity. He's God, right? And then in the Gospel of Matthew, there's a theme. Matthew writes to a Jewish audience, and and fundamental to the Gospel of Matthew is presenting Jesus as the king of the Jews. Okay, that's what the Gospel of Matthew is about, Jesus being the king of the Jews. And so if you're familiar with this, Matthew 2, right, the wise men come, came and says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews, for we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him, right? So the the magi come, where's the king of the Jews? In Matthew 7, Jesus has authority in teaching, okay? When Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. What does that mean? When it says that they were astonished that he was teaching as one who had authority, it means he wasn't referencing anybody, he showed up and he started teaching and he wasn't quoting other rabbis. He was speaking on his own authority. That's what that means when it says he was teaching as one with authority. They're like, where's his references? Where's his footnotes? He doesn't have any because he doesn't need any. Okay? In Matthew 9, he has the authority to heal and forgive sins. Okay, the paralytic, right? is the authority to heal. Luke 4.36 they were all amazed and said to one another, what is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. So is the authority over demons, his authority to cast out demons, okay? John ten seventeen to 18, it says this, for this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again, this charge I have received from my father. So the father gives Jesus what authority over his destiny. He has the authority to lay down his life and he has authority to raise himself back up, okay? It's the authority given to him by his father, all authority. And it's interesting because when Jesus is speaking to his disciples about the great commission, it's post-resurrection, right? So there's even this element where Jesus comes, the incarnation happens, he fulfills his ministry, now he's resurrected, and that impacts his authority. In Romans fourteen nine, it says, Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. Okay? And then Ephesians 1, 19 to 23 says this. I think this is going to come up. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor So Christ raised from the dead, God the Father gives him all authority over everything, over everything. And then it says in that, in, the very, in that verse 19, the incredible greatness of God's power for us, this is us believers who believe him, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Think about that. Ephesians 1:19 says that you and I have at our disposal, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Amen? Think about that. Now, that ties in to the end of the Great Commission where he says in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So he says on the front end, hey, I have all authority. I have all power. I have all might. I have all right to act. And at the end, he goes, and I'm with you. Amen? I mean, that means through the power of the Holy Spirit, and because we're in Christ, when we go out to fulfill the Great Commission, we go with his authority and his power. Amen? See, a lot of times the church in fulfilling the Great Commission, it's almost like we're trying to sneak up on the world, and we're trying not to, you know, make the world mad at us. And we're like, oh, okay, here's Jesus if you like him, and here's, and, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to insult you, and we don't want to, you know, irritate you too much, and we just got to be really kind of like very, very, oh, you know. No. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. I'm with you always. Now go make disciples. Big difference, amen? We go and we make disciples under the authority and in the power and presence of Jesus. So when you go and you share the gospel with someone, you don't have to be a little church mouse about it, right? What does it say in Acts? That they were astonished at the boldness of the disciples. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, so they went out and they just started speaking in the power of the Holy Spirit, and they're like, Whoa. These are uneducated fishermen. They went with boldness and with courage. And somewhere along the line, I don't know if we've made the Great Commission so programmatic that we sort of like made it so mechanical or we're we're so afraid of, you know, offending the world that we forgot that Jesus says, hey, go with me. I'm going with you. Go in my authority. Go in my power. Because it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. It's the power of the Holy Spirit through us. There was a, a Roman centurion who, who actually got it. Now, a Roman centurion was a, uh, you know, he's an officer in Roman army in charge of 100 soldiers. And in Matthew 8, he comes to Jesus and he gets Jesus' authority. Okay, he says this, Matthew 8, 5, uh, 8 5. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. This Roman Gentile soldier gets it. From his military background, he goes, yep, I give an order under my authority. Guys, jump. Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house. Just say the word. I get it. You are the ultimate authority. You are Lord. In fact, he uses the word Lord twice in addressing Jesus. He says, you're Lord. You're Lord. You have the authority. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. It's a powerful moment because Jesus says, he marvels and he says, I tell you, with no one Israel have I found such a faith. There's an element of faith when it comes to understanding the authority, the lordship of Jesus. And how that plays into my life and your life with the decisions you're going to make today, you're going to have to have faith. Not just head knowledge, but you're going to have to act on what you say you believe. Right? It's really interesting because when Jesus came, this centurion got it. But if you read the Gospels, you'll often see it's the religious leaders who don't like what Jesus says and does. Right? And why don't they like what Jesus says and does? What's he doing? He's challenging their authority. But what authority are you doing this? See, much of the conflict between Jesus and the religious establishment was an authority issue. He came in not asking permission from them. He came in knowing that he was on a mission from God, his father. And so he was just speaking the words that he was supposed to speak. And the religious establishment was like, uh, he's challenging our. Authority And the people are listening to him. This is not a good thing, right? And I thought of that because I think the challenge for many of us as we grow in our faith is Jesus challenges our authority. He challenges our authority. And this is one of those, again, cultural things that we pick up, especially in this country, of individualism and self-determination and you're not the boss of me and I'm going to be my own boss and I don't need anybody and you can't tell me what to do, right? So we, we have this culture, not just, you know, it's very prevalent in the United States, but it's really a sin issue. So Jesus daily, moment by moment for many of us, challenges our authority over our own life today, In 2021, right, Jonathan Lehman says this, when we pull off the somewhat secularized mask of individualism, what we find behind it is a fear of, nay, a hatred of authority. It's not relationships that people are so afraid of. People long for relationships. Rather, it's a particular kind of relationship that people despise. The real problem then is not finally individualism, it's anti-authorityism. Loneliness is not the problem, a refusal to live life on anyone else's terms is. Woo! I'm guessing that one out of one of us at some level would agree with that. Right? I love that word, anti-authorityism. Just being told what to do. Don't cross the line. You got to cross the line. Don't touch that. You just had to touch it. There's something that that stirs up in us, right? In fact, I was was thinking of uh, what's going on in our country with all the mandates and everything for the last year and a half. What's going on beyond well, beyond the surface? It's an authority issue, isn't it? Somehow or another, the buttons are being pressed, and it's an authority issue. And that's what's going on here when Jesus shows up on the scene. It's an authority issue. And this is what's going on in our daily life when you and I are, are challenged by what the Word of God says and you're at that crossroads and you've got to say, obedience, submission, faith, or I'm the boss, my way. That's an authority question. And that's what's going on for many of us. Jesus just kind of like gets to it in Luke 6.46. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? I mean, he just kind of calls it out. Now, many of us have grown up, Jesus is Lord, right? That word Lord means master or supreme one. Now here's the thing, if you've grown up and maybe you've kind of got, you know, it's become very cliche, oh yeah, Jesus is Lord, we associate Jesus is Lord with some big title of Jesus and we we forget that that title means he's Lord and I'm not, right? A lot of these uh, Marvel movies, Star Wars, right, there's the supreme one, Usually it's the evil guy, they call him the supreme leader, right? And he has his minions underneath him and everyone just submits to the supreme one, right? And then we forget that Jesus is the supreme one. And we're supposed to submit to his lordship. Jesus is Lord. Okay, if Jesus is Lord and it's not just the title, but it actually describes the nature of a relationship that I have with him, what does that make me? If I'm not Lord and that's where the rubber meets the road. And, and I was thinking, okay, what, what are some reasons for us to really struggle with even the authority of Jesus in my life or your life? And, and it has consequences. It was funny. We, we were on these boats rafting, and, and our, our boat, we just fully trusted our guide. And we were having a good time and da-da-da. There was another boat that tended to be next to us for most of the trip down the river. And I don't know what happened in that boat, but they were not having it with their guide. And it was mayhem and disarray and confusion and fear. I remember one time there was this uh, shelf. We had to go down the shelf and or this rapid that had the shelf. And our guide said, when we hit the shelf, we might stop. And I'm going to yell, scooch. And with scooch means you scooch because you got you to edge, you got to get your momentum, and you got to get the raft, so we keep going, right? So we hit it, and he's, we stop. He's like, scooch, scooch, and we're all scooching, right? We're scooching, and we get through it. And then we, we, I turn around, and I look at this other boat that's not having a very good time with their guide. They hit this shelf, and they stop, And their guide is yelling, scooch, scooch. And you know what the students are doing? They put all their their oars in the middle, and they're all huddled in the middle, and they're crying. They had lost all confidence in the authority of their guide, right? And their trip was just one of survival. They were were like, get me off this river as soon as, you know, this is no longer fun. And what did it have to do with? It had to do with their trust and confidence and their willingness to listen to the authority figure in their boat. And I think about that when it comes to my walk and your walk. A lot of the things in our life, you might hit a scooch moment and you're struggling with listening to the authority figure named Jesus. It's not that you don't know what the Bible says. It's not that you don't know what you're supposed to do biblically. You just don't know if you want to. That's an authority issue, right? And so, so I was thinking, what, where does this come from? And I thought, maybe issue is just pride. Pride. This issue of desiring to control and have, and have power. And I'm like, okay, where does, that, where does that come from? And I'm like, you know what? This struggle with authority and just submission and obedience, you know where that goes all the way back to? The garden. The garden. Now imagine the garden. God set it up perfectly like perfect, and he had given them everything they would need in abundance. And he says, you can eat of anything, just not that one. That's an authority issue. Just not that one, right? But the serpent comes and he goes, I know how to get them. I'm going to get them in the area of authority and pride, right? In Genesis 3, it says, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. So how did he get it? I mean, perfect scenario. Wasn't, there was no fall yet. They had everything set up for success, and yet... The devil comes in and he gets them in the area of, hey, you can be God. You can be God. Now think about this. Adam and Eve are brought to the place of temptation to disobey God. (laughs) Like, it's just them and God. Just them and God. And this this issue of, I want to be God. I want power. I want to be in control. It's the same strategy the devil uses today in all of our lives. So some of the issues that I'm dealing with and you're dealing with might be power It's a power struggle. The same thing. Same issue. Right? It might just be things of the world that, that you don't want to give up. Right? Matthew 6.24. No one can serve two masters for you will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. It might be that you're conflicted because you're trying to hold on to the stuff of the world, and Jesus is Lord, but man, I got all this stuff. I have my kingdom. Remember the rich young ruler? He comes to Jesus and says, Hey, teacher, what, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, Well, you know what? Sell everything you have and come follow me. And what does it say? He walked away sorrowful. Why? Because he didn't trust the authority. He asked the authority how how to inherit eternal life. The authority told him. But what's the point of that story? Jesus knew that his heart was materialistic. Jesus knew that in his heart he was more consumed with the money and materialism of the world, and that's where he zinged him. And so I wonder if we're struggling with authority in our own life, maybe it's because we're trying to serve two masters. You can't. You got to make a choice. You got to make a choice. Maybe this authority issue has to do with, you've had bad experiences with authority figures in your life. Just bad experiences, whether in your in your upbringing, in your family, or uh, work. Maybe, you know, someone an authority mistreated you or, you know, and and now it's like, well, never going to let that happen again. And now you're very suspicious and you're very resistant to authority and authority figures in your life, and that's bled into Jesus as Lord. You don't have to work through that. Like I said, current events, things that are happening in the country, underlying it deeply is a trust and a confidence in authority. And when you don't have trust and confidence in the authority, who becomes the authority? Me. And if we're not careful, that bleeds into your relationship with God. For whatever reason, you stop trusting God, right? We say around here every week almost, God is all the time and all the time. All the time. Well, let me let me. I'll rephrase it. The authority is good, and all the time the authority oh, reframes it, doesn't it? See, when you and I are challenged in our faith in an, an issue of biblical obedience, you might be challenged, really being challenged. Do you believe in God's goodness? Do you believe in God's character? Do you trust Him that if you submit? and follow him and, and yield to his authority in this area? Do you trust his goodness? See, a lot of times we're hesitant. We get insecure. And it might be, it's it's not that, again, you don't know what the Bible says. It's you don't trust God. It's a faith issue in his character. And yet we'll come here every Sunday and say, say God is good all the time. And we'll sing all these things, you know. And then we leave here and we're challenged at the rubber meets the road level, and, you know, this is where you have to be honest. And this is why I believe God puts us into the church, because if I'm challenged with something, and I recognize, you know, man, I don't know if I trust God in this area, maybe that's when you're supposed to call a brother or sister in the Lord. Amen? Maybe this is where you're supposed to say, hey, hey, Matt, can you pray pray for me, man? Because I'm struggling, I'm, I'm struggling this area, and honestly, I I feel like I'm doubting God's goodness in this area, or I, I'm, I don't know if he's going to come through. This is why we need each other. Because when we go through these struggles, what we tend to do is isolate. We tend to pull away from the church. We tend to even pull away from our close, closest brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe because we're embarrassed, maybe because we're ashamed to even admit that we're doubting. Right? So that fear of, of condemnation, that fear of finger wagging, that fear of what are they going to think about me, isolates me. And so when I isolate myself, then the enemy gets more in my head. And in the end, I end up being the boss again. Right? The title of this message is Who's the Boss? Who's the Boss? And again, you might be doing fine in some areas. And in other areas, if you're struggling, maybe it's an authority issue, and maybe you need to go to the next level and say, well, why am I struggling with faith and obedience in this particular issue? Why is it in this area I'm good? Why is it in this area I'm not? And this is why you need counsel and wisdom and prayer and input from others who see it differently than you do. Fresh eyes. Okay? But that takes humility. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe maybe this whole area of authority, you're just afraid of giving up your independence. You're afraid of losing something. Your independence, your whatever. You fill in the blank. I don't want to, I can't submit. I'm struggling with, with submitting to God's authority because I'm afraid of. Fill in the fear. Fill in the fear. Because it might be unique to each person in here. I shared with you before, I went to, In my undergrad at UCLA, I came from a military family. My dad was in the Navy. My brother went to the Naval Academy. And so there was a time at UCLA where I was really researching and and thinking about joining ROTC, you know, my own path into the military. I even got the paperwork, talked. And the day came, the deadline came to turn in the application. And I'll be honest with you. I was, what, 20, 21? Main reason I couldn't do ROTC i could not give up my independence at that station in my life submitting to the authority of the military just was not my cup of tea and and i think i think about that now and and how that sort of independent rebellious sort of do my own thing attitude attitude even bleeds into my walk today I have to be very careful as many of you uh some of you may remember the movie top gun right maverick right well, I adopted Maverick, you know, and I played video games years ago. Maverick was my, my name because I was like, growing up, I was like a maverick. I just like to do my own thing, push the limits, you know, stay out of the box. And, and, you know, it's not all bad except when you say Jesus is Lord and that whole maverick side rears up. Yeah. Yeah, someone, uh, Matt, you asked me, yeah, how was your week? And I'm like, well, honest with you it's been challenging because I knew what I had to I knew I was teaching on authority and I said I told Matt this morning I said yeah usually when when I have to teach on something God takes me through it first and so this has been a a very challenging week of examining my own authority issues and struggles right the old maverick side of me coming out and you know that's why I get it I get it 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 one of those things, Jesus is Lord, yay. Jesus is master, supreme, yay. And then, oh, okay, how are you handling your money? And how is that? Are you, are you, are you willing to forgive that person? And what, you know, and some, oh, 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 right? I love Peter. Peter encourages me greatly in his sanctification because Peter was kind of a maverick guy. I love Peter, right? And in Matthew 16, uh, there's a, a very familiar story that happens. It says this. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. The most interesting part of this whole passage is when Peter reprimands Jesus. He says, Heaven forbid, Lord. So, Lord Jesus had just told him what was going to happen. Peter didn't like it, and now he reprimands Lord. Do you see how you're like, Pete, did you just just hear what you said? The Lord told you what was going to happen. You didn't like it, so you reacted, and now you're in Jesus' face, calling him Lord, telling him it's not going to happen. I love that passage, A, because it gives me hope that, okay, Peter was in sanctification Jesus, the Lord, was saying things that he didn't like, and he just reacted, and he was actually calling out and reprimanding Lord Jesus. Rather than saying, ooh, okay, that's a rough one, but you're Lord, you're Lord, okay. Rather than submitting to it and yielding to what Lord Jesus said, Peter, like many of us, reared up in the flesh and said, what are you thinking, Lord? That, that's not going to happen to you. Lord, you see? And yet, we look at that, and I think we do the same thing. When we get challenged with things we don't like, or we come across verses, or God's calling us to go do something we're uncomfortable with, or we're scared of, or we we just kind of, but Lord, I don't want to, Lord. Really, Lord? This is that... It's something that we just get so cliche about in the church that we have to be very careful. When Jesus is Lord, he's Lord. And our response to Lord Jesus is, yes, Lord. That's the appropriate response, right? In Mark 8, there's this, this passage that Jesus says about people who want to follow him. In Mark 8, 34, he says, Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? And it's a familiar passage, right? If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from yourself. just take up your cross and follow me. And and again, this whole idea of the cross becomes so cliche to us. I remember years and years ago, we took a mission trip, teenagers down to Grenada for a a mission trip, evangelistic trip. And one of the kids was wearing a gold cross, right, like many of us do. And we were leaving uh, the hotel that we were staying at to go out. And we just happened to cross paths with one of the other leaders on the trip, and in a very loving way, he kind of challenged this teen. He said, "Hey, what's with the cross?" And it, you know, got a little bit awkward. And I knew he wasn't trying to make the the teen feel bad, but he was challenging the teen with wearing a gold cross and what it really meant. Like, why are you wearing that? Right? Because we all know that cross—a cross was really a symbol of execution, and yet today we wear it as a jewelry piece. And it was really a horrific Roman created instrument of execution. And he was trying to get the teen to think through why he's wearing a gold cross rather than just because it looks cool, right? And and this idea in this passage of taking up our cross, Jesus says, if we want to follow Jesus, if you want to follow me, Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, right? And, and and sometimes again we, we lose the significance because we forget the context. And, and I want to share this passage uh, from the Life Application New Testament commentary. Uh, let me share with what the cross meant and would have meant to the early believers. To shoulder one's cross was a vivid illustration of the humility and submission Jesus asked of his followers. When Jesus uses picture of his followers taking up their crosses to follow him, the disciples, the people, and the Romans knew what he meant. Death on a cross was a form of execution used by Rome for dangerous criminals. A prisoner carried his own cross to the place of execution, signifying submission to Rome's power authority. Following Jesus, therefore, meant identifying with Jesus and his followers, facing social and political oppression and ostracism, and no turning back. For some, taking up the cross might indeed mean death, But Jesus' words meant that his followers had to be prepared to obey God's word and follow his will no matter what the consequences for the sake of the gospel. Soon after this, Jesus would take up his own cross. Really changes it when you understand. When Jesus said, hey, if you want to follow me, take up your cross. Whoa, that's not a fine piece of jewelry he's talking about. That's Roman execution. It's a Roman execution that he's talking about. So I, 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 I think it's important sometimes we just need to sit back and we go, wait a sec. As a Christian, right, we looked at the word Christian, Christ, I-A-N, as one belonging to Christ. He is master. He is Lord. If I call myself a Christian, how am I really manifesting that in following him as Lord? Now, again, some areas you might be fine and he's the Lord. Other areas? Maybe you're struggling, and maybe now, maybe today the Lord's like, you know why you've been struggling with that for all these years? Authority. It's an authority issue, okay? It's a, it could be a trust issue. Maybe some area of your life you need to come before God and say, God, i got to be honest with you. I'm struggling with your goodness in this area. I'm struggling with your provision. I'm struggling with what? Whatever you're struggling with. Maybe, maybe you're just battling with trusting him. And it has to do with believing his character or something like that, okay? If we look at Luke 6, 46 to 49, the whole passage, Jesus says this. Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. John Seifert says this, Those who follow Jesus may lose the world, but they'll gain everlasting life. Those who put their trust in Jesus, even before they understand everything, even while they continue to ask questions, are rewarded with the Spirit of God who leads us into all truth. Whatever you fear losing in this life for following Jesus doesn't even compare to what you'll gain in the next one. Amen? And so, you know, this type of message, it's like, okay, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now go make disciples. So as a church, we're going to go make disciples. Why? Because we're commanded to. It's as simple as that. You don't have to overthink it. In your life and in my life, maybe the Lord wants to say, hey, how are you doing with authority? With my authority? How are you doing in this area? How are you doing in this area? How are you doing in this area? Right? Sometimes our struggles are because we're still trying to do it our way. It might be your finances you're the authority over your finances. It might be a relationship, and it's your authority in that relationship. It might be regarding church and serving or whatever it might be. It's be you're struggling with God because you're struggling to yield to his authority in this area. And you've got to ask the Lord, why am I struggling? If I say you're good and you're all powerful and I'm your child and you'll never leave me nor forsake me, why do I struggle still? That's part of your sanctification. That's what Peter was going through. Right? You would have thought that he would have learned. Peter would have learned from the get behind me, Satan moment. But what happened right before Jesus? Hey, you're all going to deny me. Oh, psh, not me, Lord. Again, Lord Jesus speaks truth and Peter doesn't like it because it's a pride issue. And he again, right, reacts in the flesh. Not me, even if they all do, I'm not going to deny you. And we all know how that played out. It's part of the sanctification process. So maybe God wants to grow you today, here or online, because there's an area or an areas where you're struggling with his authority. And you just gotta figure it out. Invite some brothers or sisters into your life and say, you know what? I've been struggling with this for years. And I don't know if it's my pride, I don't know if it's a control issue. I think I'm just terrified in this area too. It might be just because I'm scared to give this to God. Surround yourself with some brothers and sisters who can just ask you loving questions, who can pray with you, who can encourage you. Because the enemy wants to isolate you. The enemy wants to isolate you, okay? And ultimately, we have the best example. If you're wondering, did Jesus ever struggle with this authority thing? Right? did he just come in and, you know, speak? Did Jesus ever struggle with authority? Oh, yeah, he did. In the garden. In the garden, right? Luke 22 says this. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father... If you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I know in my life, there's some garden moments where I'm like, really, Father? Isn't there really another way we can deal with this? Nope. The word is the word. And so ultimately, it comes down to a nevertheless. Not my will, but your will be done. And, and maybe you're here, maybe you're online, and you recognize that you're in a garden moment. You're in a garden moment, and it's an authority issue. And you're going to have to maybe work through what's pushing your buttons when it comes to authority, pride, control, insecurity, whatever it is. And you're going to confess it. And maybe you'll come to this, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, because Jesus you are Lord. Amen. Let's pray, Father. Father, as a church, you're sending us out to fulfill the great commission. Why? Because we're commanded to. Because Jesus is Lord, and He is sending us. All authority was given to Jesus by you, Father. Jesus is Lord, Master, Supreme. It's not just a title, it's a description of our relationship with him. And so, Father, this morning, I ask you, and my prayer has been this whole morning and this week, that you would speak to us as a church collectively and then to individuals within the church about trusting and submitting to your authority. Father, by faith, we're going to do it as a church moving into the new year. And we're going to trust you. Whatever the consequences may be, we are going to obey your command to be making disciples. But Father, then in our own life, would you speak loving truth to each person? who professes that Jesus is Lord, who professes to be a follower of Jesus. I, I'm so thankful for the example of Peter. He didn't have it all together and you didn't, you didn't cast him out. Peter was in sanctification like many of us and he struggled with authority issues and he even got in your face, Jesus, because he was trying to figure out what it means to truly submit and trust even when he didn't like what you were saying. So I pray that you would give us that same teachable heart and the same courage to yield and submit. Jesus, thank you for your example in the garden when you said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, Father. You yielded, you submitted to the Father's plan, to the Father's will. You chose, and I pray that we would make that same choice you're here this morning and and before we take communion i would encourage you have a time of reflection maybe a time of confession maybe even a time of just making it right with god if you recognize areas of rebellion areas of resistance to his authority confess it he already knows maybe today is the day you'll be free free of the bondage of resisting his authority And maybe if you're listening, if you're here or you're online and you're listening, maybe your first step is to trust in the salvation that Father offers you through faith in Jesus. The Bible says we're saved by grace through faith, not by works. So today I encourage you, I implore you, put your faith in Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Believe that he was crucified, he died, he rose from the dead. Payment for your sins. receive the gift of salvation by faith today. And so, Lord, we're going to come before you in the time of communion. Jesus, you said, as often as we do this, do this in remembrance of you. So in this time of communion, we're going to remember that you yielded. You submitted to the Father's will and we confess the areas in our life where we're struggling to do the same. All right. It is the first Sunday of the month, and uh, on these Sundays, we also like to kind of do a little bit of, um, you know, house business. So we let you know if you're visiting. uh, There are connection cards at the offering boxes, offering envelopes if you choose to do uh, your offering through the envelopes. We also have bulletins printed each week now and encourage you to um, take time to read the bulletin and kind of get caught up and stay up to date on the giving and all the opportunities to serve around here. Uh, speaking of, we have a wonderful opportunity. It is November. It is Thanksgiving, and we have an opportunity to minister in the community. So, Aubrey, come on up and share with us how we can bless the community.
1: Okay. Good morning, family. How are you? Um, you may have noticed in the bulletin, um, there is an opportunity to serve this month um, in our local community. Uh, Help of Ohio has been putting boxes together and delivering them um, every Thanksgiving to community members who just need a little extra assistance, um, who want to have a nice Thanksgiving meal with their families. So um, if you would like to participate... We have a team that's already gathering the food. Um, The youth group is going to help in putting the food together to deliver, and we're looking for anyone who wants to make deliveries of the bags or boxes to the families. It's going to be Saturday, November 20th that we're going to make those deliveries. So I believe we're going to pick them up here at the church and then spread out and take them to the different homes of people in our community, which is really a blessing to be able to serve um, right here in Ohio. So if you have the heart and are able, um, please sign up. You can do so by contacting Mark Bodycomb at his email. It's on the bulletin um, and on the slide, it looks like. <laughs> um, and I think that is it. Did I miss anything? Nope, okay. <laughs> Thank right. you.
0: And this is Travis. Yeah, Travis is one of the uh, youth. We stand over here, camera. And uh, Travis is one of our youth leaders, and he has some announcements about youth ministry. Yeah.
2: So last Friday we gathered uh, for a whole evening, and we all played video games and basketball and had a, a great time. It was kind of longer than usual, and um, just had a good time. And we watched sing. And I'm not gonna lie. Friday, at work, I was like, I have to go to youth group and watch a movie about animals singing, and I don't know if I'm really ready for that, but I think about five minutes into it, I was singing along with all of them, and uh, we're going to go see the second one whenever it comes out, so, (laughs) but it was a great time, and uh, everybody had a lot of fun, and also on the 24th, there will be no youth group. (laughs) Great,
0: Thank you. All right. Yes. Travis and Emily are doing a great job with the youth and Eileen and the team. Uh, Wednesday night, um, really wonderful youth ministry happening here. It's just a blessing to see um, kids in the Ohio Valley coming out and being ministered to. So I encourage you to pray for the youth ministry as well. Uh, Lots is happening uh, in a very good way. Okay. A couple other things. Uh, You know that uh, we have a wonderful nursery and Kingdom Kids ministry. Uh, There's always a need, and you know, this is one of those times where we just like to keep it out in front of you. Uh, If you really would like to participate in ministering and making disciples in the nursery and Kingdom Kids, uh, the commitment really uh, is only once a month. Uh, We try to rotate uh, volunteers in and out, Uh, but we really, it's a continuous need, and you know, you can go to any church really, probably in the country and. They could always use another uh, nursery or Kingdom Kids volunteer. So uh, talk to Tyler or Kim if uh, you're even just interested, just to find out more about that. And then also, just want to let you know, uh, I did hear, uh, is this is correct, the, the donuts returned? Right. Yes. Yes. So, so I mentioned that I mentioned that, I think a week or two ago, and some because we've had such a wave of, of new people come in the summer, which is very awesome. People are like, "What are donuts and cheese?" Right. I don't, everyone cheered when he said donuts and cheese. Well, before the pandemic, uh, the, this is the commons uh, over here. Uh, you know, our tradition, really, eleven years has been donuts, and then recently in the last few years, cheese, very good cheese, was added to the mix. And, uh, you know, with the pandemic and everything, we had to uh, kind of call a halt to that. But uh, the donuts are back. I believe they're going to be outside, uh, done in a very safe and healthy way. And uh, we're still waiting on the cheese and exploring op- options for that. So um, <laughs> if you're wondering, some people have wondered about the commons, and this is where everyone used to go, and we would, we would fellowship in here and out in the patio. Uh, actually, one of the things that we discovered through the pandemic is setting up the fellowship area outside. Uh, has worked wonderfully. Um, sometimes when we were in here with the commons, it just got really loud. You couldn't even hear anybody because it was just so, was so much talking going on. Uh, but the commons is now reopened for this. If, if uh, you need prayer or you want to chat in a quiet environment, maybe some counseling or something like that, the commons is, is available for you to, to use. It's quiet in there generally. Um, but you can use it for prayer, counseling, or just quieter conversations if you'd like. Um, so the commons is reopened again, but for a different reason.